Take, take a breath. We're going to get in a good shove here in a second. Next thing, yeah. t- next thing <laughs> you're having to tell me golf is a sport, too. I don't think of golf. God. Whoa, God. I, don't, I don't. Sometimes he makes such. It feels like a pastime, and I'm like, "All right, like are we ready to go?" <laughs> I think. We oh, we're re- oh, we're rolling. Okay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> the outtakes. Okay, so let's just do it. I don't. Know. All right, we're back. Cocktails and questions. I don't know what episode number it is. It doesn't really matter. 170. Yeah. 106 of them total trash, but this one's going to be great. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Um, Before we get going, for all the new listeners, essentially the the premise is uh, we drink cocktails and we talk about things uh, intersecting oftentimes at culture, technology, and business. So the cocktail today, in honor of the masters, is a John Daly. Praise be. Explain what that is real quick. That's a little bit of uh, tea, usually unsweet tea. A splash of lemonade and some Tito's vodka. I don't think it has to be Tito's vodka. Could be some Deep Eddie. You know the thing it depends on who's sponsoring us. Who is sponsoring us today? The, deep Eddie. Oh, dude. Thanks okay. for bringing okay. up Tito. Thanks. Yeah. The thing that was great about John Tito's Daly terrible. is he looked like he drank, right? Yeah. Like if you were to look at like Tiger Woods him. and go, you, do you know he's like drunk all the time? You're like, no. Like yeah, John no. Daly, he looked like he was loaded most of the time. That was his core competency. It wasn't even golf, oh. it was drinking. I actually watched that guy. I've seen John Daly twice at a golf tournament. First time. I got to see him at the Masters. He was smoking cigs, drinking Diet Cokes, walks up. He doesn't take a single practice swing. He walks up to his ball, has a cigarette in his mouth, throws it on the ground, no practice swing, hits the ball like 250 yards, picks up a cigarette, slams a Diet Coke, throws it at his caddy, and walks off. I was like, this guy is an athlete. That's beautiful. Yes. That yes. is beautiful. You know why he was able to do that? Why? Because golf is not a sport. That's not true. It's a skill. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's true. It's, it's For those of you skill. not listening to the outtakes that we may have to post, there was a huge, almost brawl here in the studio. <laughs> An esports level brawl. Yeah, between James and Brandon, um, which brings us actually to Why our topic at yeah. hand. You know, we started the sport. Is a sport a sport? It is a sport. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Getting through this podcast might be a sport if we keep up the debates about what is a sport, but. The, uh, we're drinking a cocktail that's sports-themed. The headline that came across today was sports-themed. It actually came from uh, James's laptop to ours, uh, talking about a certain event. You wanna- so my, this was actually great because this intersected with two storylines, one of which is the headline clickbait and the other of which is uh, controversial news. So the original headline I saw was NBA 2K League Interrupted by Postgame Fight. So when I clicked on it on the Daily Dot, the headline shifted to <laughs> NBA 2K League Interrupted by Postgame Shoving. So, <laughs> but I... That's some clickbait. That, that was so not clickbait. NBA... 2K. League. No, the NBA, NBA 2K. 2K. So, so for anybody who doesn't know what NBA 2K is, it's a it's a basketball. video game. It's it's a yeah, it's a because it's not a sport. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's no, but it's 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 video game basketball. But it's part of the larger esports phenomenon. And uh, I thought that was hilarious because you know if you were to go to like a Boston Bruins game and have too much to drink and end up talking to a Whalers fan and having crosswords, someone might die or at the very least lose some teeth. <laughs> Someone's getting but in shit. the east, yes, uh, maybe in the bathroom maybe in the parking lot, maybe five years from now, you better look over your shoulder, whatever it is. In the world of esports, almost every grudge can be settled uh, settled with a good shoving. And then they're like, whoa, man, was that necessary? And then they all go back to playing their games. You guys, so we're talking about, there's a bunch of people, I'm not going to say nerds, because I'm a nerd, but there's a bunch of nerds that are getting together playing fake basketball. 
and then they got in a fight. E basketball. E basketball. Yes. Okay. So like, did you guys you ever would... see when Kermit Washington punched Rudy? I Tom did. Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. Knocked mean, like, him the, out. Though he broke his whole face. Like he had to get reconstructive surgery. That's a basketball fight. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about that. We're or talking the about at the palace. Yep. So we're talking it's about a little, a little bit of a shove. Um, and is so is that uh, representative of the difference from esports e- e- and sports? So sports, okay, six foot ten, works out all the time. You can call them freaks. It's fine. Yeah, uh, you know, like, like specimens. Yep. Uh, with agility and skill, and if they really get focused on taking your head off, they can. Esports, people who almost ninety nine percent of their physical capability is from the wrist down. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, if they manage to really, like, accidentally get right on your face, they, they could do some damage. The they question is whether they're going to get there, right? Like, if they actually get there, get a hold of you, they can click the shit out of your nose or something. But the, the reality is it's probably not going to get that so the far. So topic, the topic today is what is esports? Why the hell should we care? And, and I think we're going to dive into we may be a brawl here. Is it a real sport? Yeah. Let's start with what is esports. So I'll take the first one on that. I I, I don't think it's a real sport. And I'm going (laughs) to say that just to piss Brandon off because our entire (laughs) argument prior to this was was, was, son of a bitch. I knew it. Actually, the funny part is that the debate wasn't whether it's a sport or not. I don't think anybody agrees that esports is the same as regular sports. But I do think that there is an element of physical skill that's involved. And I'd be happy to debate that from later. the finger down. So that's not, so that. that's not what is esports? Yeah, yeah. So esports is essentially a, a category. Sorry, get that microphone credit. John Daly's got me sideways already. <laughs> um, esports is essentially the uh, is a catch all term that's used for the the streaming performance of people playing video games. And um, that has since jumped the shark to live performance of watching people play video games. And what I'm talking about that is um, so you can tune into YouTube and watch people talk about all sorts of stuff, right? But now you can tune into YouTube and watch somebody play a video game, right? There's an entire platform called Twitch. I believe Yahoo bought it not too long ago. Amazon. Amazon. So essentially it's a user profile created, uh, user generated content of where you tune in to watch somebody play one of the world's most popular games or one of the most obscure games. It doesn't really matter. Um, And that has reached such a fever pitch, not only in North America, but especially in Asia, um, to where people are buying seats and tickets and concessions mm-hmm. to go to a sporting event, quote unquote. An e-sporting event. watch people do these things live. And so that's the general term catch-all for, for esports. Right. And then if you've ever heard of Twitch or Caffeine or, or um, Brandon mentioned YouTube earlier, there are all sorts of venues by which you can sort of passively observe. And I think when you think about the sports part of it, I don't think anybody's arguing that uh, the the people that are competing are the same people that you would see sort of at the NFL Combine or, or you know, the NHL tryouts, anything like that. But it does evoke certain ideas of classic sports throughout history, like the Coliseum, right, and sort of observed passions and things like that. And I think that's where a lot of people get at the idea of sports because it is – and have you guys ever actually watched any of these tournaments? Yeah. I mean, am I so – and And I say yes, but I should just hard pause. And I have no idea what's going on when I see them. So I go because it has its own language. It has its own like cut and pace and rhythm. There's commentators. I don't understand what's happening a lot of times. Um, so if you like watch a cricket match, mm-hmm. it, I feel the same. I don't know what's going on. It's 970 to 600, and it's been three days. <laughs> it's three days. And I don't know which team yeah. is which. So yes, I've seen it, <clears throat> and no, I have no idea what they're doing. So I um, I, I watched a few of them myself, and I do think you have to be really into the game. Like Overwatch has a big 
yep. uh, competition attached to it. And if you not played Overwatch, it doesn't really, you know, really mean all that much. But if you have played it and you understand sort of the passion of the game and how hard it can be to see these people like go, yeah. it's the same thing as when we were kids. You'd watch the guy getting to like the thirtieth level of pack, and you're like, no fucking way, he yeah. just did that. He's not gonna die. Yeah, and I do think that's that is an important part, right? Like, so we've kind of taken the piss out of out of gaming, and there was a slight. A real to fake argument about whether or not it's a sport. Regardless of that, it's definitely hard, right? So if you watch what they're doing um, from a strategy standpoint, but also like a muscle memory and, and memory recall, pattern recognition, I mean, it's not easy, right? So it's easy to make fun of them because yeah, it is. Maybe they get some sunlight. It's real easy. Maybe but they don't. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, I don't think the question is like, is it hard or not? I think it's a thing. Mm -hmm. like it is massive. So what, $427 million spent. Uh, on sponsorships from brands this year. I mean, this is a this is something that a lot of people talk about, but don't realize that it is happening at a massive scale. Right. Like Twitch, Amazon bought a couple of years ago for a billion dollars, but the fact that so many people are engaging in this, it's just I don't think a lot of normal people understand that this is happening. What did the I mean, the Staples Center it sold out in like twelve seconds, yeah. like seventy thousand people because of World of to Warcraft. Go, yeah, to go watch World of Warcraft. Reminds me of Leroy Jenkins. You guys seen that clip? That's the, my favorite. I love that. I love that clip so much I, to this day. Um, but you know, if you think about it, we'll there are a lot of parallels if, between esports sure. e and soccer. So yeah. they say the global gaming community is 2.2 billion. And I know that includes a lot of things like mobile phone gaming and things like that. But um, the 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 truth is, is a huge audience. So anytime there's a huge audience, there's probably a lot of money to be had, and uh, you're already seeing that through, like you talked about, Amazon's purchase of Twitch. Um, you're going to see YouTube spending a lot of time trying to get more, even more views going through. Um, but I think what will be more interesting is watching the evolving landscape of branded sponsorships. So there was um, Chipotle just sunk a bunch of money in there, and God knows they could use the help. Um, but they uh, they've spent a lot of time trying to get back in with the sort of younger set. Um, and there was a recent deal announced uh, that the Houston Rockets actually sold a big. Chunk of uh, platform to the Philadelphia 76ers clutch. I don't know if you saw that, but that's a $20 million deal. So even though it's only been around for a couple of years, there's already a lot of money flowing back and forth. And given how untapped the market is, uh, we you could see this being a you know twenty thirty billion dollar market. So why is it such a big yeah. deal? I think that's that would be yeah, the thing yeah. that most people would be asking, which is so, video games are have taken on a completely different life of their own in the past. 10 years, right? So with things like Twitch, yep. the idea of our kids, right? I mean, kids today spend a lot of their time not watching sports or not talking to other people, but like hanging out and watching others play games. I mean, I thought I was, I think somebody was saying the other day that instead of going to the mall, like the, the number one place where kids hang out today is in the lobby of Fortnite. Yep. And I, I think, I think what's really interesting is, is, um, so you had a couple questions in there. So why is it so popular? One of the things that it does, and James brought up, or one of you guys brought up, um, sports satisfies something primal in us mm -hmm. about competition and mm -hmm. struggle and strife and all that stuff. But there is, for a different podcast, a general nerfing of the world where you, you try to not make your kids uncomfortable. Like getting hit in the head hurts, right? So why should I get hit in the head um, if I could just go play a video game? So that, that that's one, is like accessibility of it. Two, I think the social component of it is huge, right? And when you, you can be in it, like you can actually be participating. <clears throat> right, and you can you, you can live through an avatar. So there's um, there's a whole platform by this guy who's a who's a gamer. It's now a health and nutrition thing. It's called Level Up, right? And so the, what happens to you psychologically when you level up your avatars is somewhat 
uh, similar to what happens when you level up your life, except it's far easier to do it to your avatar than it is to your actual <laughs> physical form. Yeah, only in the real world yeah, you could pay twenty dollars, right. and all of a sudden you yeah. grow an inch or two. Exactly, that'd and be so, amazing. And so it's satisfying these, bucks. these primal things, and then you layer on the social aspect. So now I don't have to go anywhere. Now they've created communication platforms, so I'm getting all sorts of these these things going on. But then I think what else that you brought up was the accessibility of it. Mm-hmm. So there is a, you know, 0.0002% of the population can play a professional traditional sport. It's much larger to be a video game person, right? Like the, your, your chances of making some form of revenue, be it monetizing your Twitch stream or being one of the top earners in the world, your chances to do that are no longer limited by your form factor and genetics. And then on top of that, you have the rise of mobile gaming. And I think when you stitch all of those things together, you have you have an unstoppable force. I think that accessibility is really interesting. So the fact that you can be, you don't have to be this physical specimen, but also you don't necessarily have to be good. There's people who make a shitload of money just playing games and saying funny shit. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like that's, it's, it's entertainment. And that's where I always wonder, like, is this about sport or entertainment? And the esports piece, like that is probably the top 1% of gamers. I get that. Right. But, But there is something different in that you didn't see a lot of kids growing up like playing basketball on a playground and making two million dollars a year no by way. putting videos of themselves up. So now there's like this this culture and the fact that it all happens together and it's like this multiplayer kind of network. I think that's what's different about it and why I think it's going to be a lot bigger than most people think. The, the network effect is huge, right? So one of the, so I, I did grow up playing soccer. James made fun of it earlier. It's I, I made fun of you, actually. Well, I, I have a lot of respect <laughs> for the, the, the sport as a whole. One of the reasons I, one of the reasons I love <laughs> soccer and I love sports is like it's very, you need very little, right? You, you just you need, need a, a ball. A ball and a pretend goal and you can make it up. And I think, know. I don't mean to interrupt, but like yeah. that is what's great about soccer, right? It's like you see kids in third world countries like slapping together a ball and making a game out yep. of it. Yep, and it's just super accessible. But then you get into technology, it's even more accessible. And it's just like lowering the barriers of access and then at the same time providing sense of, sense of accomplishment in a world that otherwise doesn't care about them. They can hide behind avatars and all this shit and they can develop their skills. So I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I do think it's more entertainment than sports when you act when you when you break it down but isn't isn't that what sports modern sports is, oh, is entertainment totally. that, yeah 100 i mean i think about it and well, once you get to well, that but level it's, i think it's it's like 10 guys with an entire entertainment like industrial complex built around mm-hmm. it and this is more like millions and millions and millions of people entertaining and they're they're part of the entertainment yep. right? not that lebron isn't but there's you know, like, I would argue that the, the the average superstar today is is much less relatable. I think they become so hyped and they become put on such a pedestal oh, and make so least. much money. Yeah. Like it used to be that you could actually like relate to the people that were out on the field or on the court and you can emulate them and be like, oh, I want to be like Mike. And like nobody's saying like I want to be like Kobe yeah. or I want to be like LeBron or I want to be like Stephen Curry. Everybody's like that's impossible. Even even your biggest morons like that's statistically impossible. Like I will never be like that. <laughs> and, and you brought up you brought up um, the incentivized structure of it. And I think, you know, when I grow up, when I grew up, well, I'm still growing technically. Yeah. So when I was younger, I guess I should say, um, I remember honestly like being embarrassed by running video games at Blockbuster because it wasn't cool yet, right? There's no there's nowhere to go. It was like till Street Fighter Two came out. And then <laughs> I but I remember Wizard different. with uh, Fred Savage. Yes, right? absolutely. That, I that was that. like the first pop culture reference of esports. If you guys haven't seen it, it's like 1984's greatest movie. Um, 
But now there's an entire incentive structure. You, in, you know, you're looking at these rarefied air of professional athletes and they're pulling down whatever they're pulling down in guaranteed money. But I mean, top earners, n- no sponsorships. I mean, they're multimillionaires. They're mm-hmm. sitting there being really good at a game. And so I think you could, we could probably go back and watch what's happening currently in the NBA with um, the network effect of free trade and all that stuff. We're going to get an elite group of gamers. And how do you, is that good for the sport or bad for the sport? That's not a real question. I'm just thinking about like, it's amazing that it's already happening. This elite group of people. Yeah, no, right? I, and and I think it's really interesting because like they, they're, we've been talking as a culture for the last twenty or thirty years about the the quote unquote rise of the nerd, right? And like, will uh, there ever be a day? It's and cool to be a nerd now. Like Revenge of the Nerds, the movie was all about that, and and and. and, and <laughs> nerds but we're finally seeing it and I, and I think it's really interesting in, and I don't mean to, to go back but to underscore what you were talking about the the accessibility thing when this finally is a mature industry I would think will be probably the most interesting business case study because if you think about what it took to get the NFL off the ground right and you had all of these sort of aborted attempts and you had the American Football League and the National Football League and then they had to merge and then they had to make deals with the broadcast networks and oh, then Howard yeah. Corsell and the wild world what the wide world of sports and Monday night football like and it took everything and now with the way things are with streaming and with digital distribution networks yep. you can turn a sport that's, on overnight that's part of the accessibility one, one dude yeah. can create a sport yeah is it uh, PewDiePie? Yeah, PewDiePie. Right? I mean, he's, he's the guy makes like $18, $20 million a year yep. streaming himself saying dumb and in a lot of cases like racist, racist shit. Yep. And it's 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 kind of amazing, right? But but you can create, like one person can actually create an entirely new category. And, and, it's, and it's open to a lot of people, right? So the, the accessibility part yeah. is not just in skill. It's also in distribution channels and things yeah. like that. And, when you, and, and again, I mean, when, I think we talked about how Google or Apple released their gaming platform and Google's not going to be far behind to do it again and Amazon's Mm-mm. not going to be far to do Have it you guys again. Seen Stadia? Yeah. So yeah, so, so when you talk about accessibility, I think that is the most interesting thing I've seen recently cuz so you've got to have a console for all of these AAA games, right? To be a part of anything that that is relevant, like you've got to have a console. Can you just say what what a AAA game is? uh, It's a top game, right? So Overwatch, um, you know, Modern Warfare. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's a game. It's a game at the top, right? Think about it as a blockbuster movie. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And so um, what Google is doing is they're actually, they released this new thing or they're talking about releasing this new thing called Stadia or Stadia. I don't know how the hell you say it. Stadia. But Stadia. So what Stadia is, it is streaming gaming, at 4K over the web, which everyone has said that it's impossible to do because of the latency. So the difference between streaming a Netflix movie where it doesn't matter if it buffers a little bit. Wait till 5G, and, bro. Yeah. Hmm? And, <laughs> and, and, but not AT&T's <laughs> version of it. The difference between that and streaming a game where you know a millisecond or you know being a tenth of a second off means you die, right? Or you yep. know you don't you don't make a jump or you get shot or something like that. So, but what Google's doing is they've actually gotten the latency down to where it's completely unnoticeable. They, it, so they say, but the main thing is you don't have to have a console. So the games are streamed yep. and the amount of people who can be in the game are unlimited. But what's really cool is they showed this thing where I could be on YouTube, say I'm a top gamer. I could be on YouTube. I could be playing a game and I can immediately go out to my fans and say, who wants to play? Huge. They click on the YouTube game, so they're watching me play. They click on the link, and they're immediately in the game with me. Yep. And you could do that from one person, five people, a million people. Like you can net. That's it's like a pickup game of basketball on 
steroids times a thousand like that, right. that, that accessibility, you can then do it on your phone. You can do it anywhere. And in, in that, you know, we talk a lot about uh, brands and people's emotional reaction and things like that. And what we're talking about is the launch of the individual brand at a mass scale. And if I could play a video game with a brand, I mean, that's instantaneous engagement, quote unquote. Oh, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now all of a sudden I, I like the, the, the barriers to access are gone and I am now in a chat room with my favorite streamer, which real quick, I got to the accessibility part. I was thinking about um, the amount of people that, that do this stuff. And I think one of my favorite cultural trends is um, <laughs> the rise of like the hot female video gamer. Have you guys seen that? I have it's, not. <laughs> I thought your wife didn't listen. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. no, but, so we're, what well, we're my talking about is might. what we are talking about. Like, we're not talking about athletes. But we're talking about really skilled people. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is is like so people when, where there's money and there's access, like people will follow. And what's happened is is given this whole rise to this to a, an attractive female population where people just essentially tune in to watch them play video games. But now they're really good. And so I mean, this whole this whole culture is, is fascinating about one, the psychology of people that would do that, just log in to watch somebody play a video game, but two, the, the, the amount of sort of uh, global appeal it has to everybody. It doesn't seem to be a certain sect. It doesn't seem to be a certain gender. Or well, but it doesn't even have Universal. to be a video game. So, no. I mean, do you see what, like, what Fortnite did with Marshmallow, yep. DJ? That, so, was, that was awesome. Yeah, so in, essentially in the lobby of Fortnite, like Marshmallow held a concert. So it's just a DJ which in my mind is just a guy hitting play on iTunes. Oh, wearing okay. a giant so, marshmallow. Yes, like that, that, that's actually I mean, the physical skill is wearing that I mean, marshmallow. That part is. So, I mean, we can talk about whether DJs are actually musicians <laughs> uh, or not. Or but that's athletes. A different thing. I'd like to see but how his... 10.7 million people yeah. went to this concert in a game, not playing a game, just went to hear a DJ, which is like, isn't that just Spotify? Like, it's just a bunch of people listening to music but that but that scale and then they repeated it yep. and i think another like 15 million people did it it's like so, sec, it's like second life remember second life yeah. oh it's my like god a successful yeah. second life yes but, but i mean but there's something there life. why is that why are people so is, is it they they crave that connection and it's so well i think the other thing though that we haven't talked about and actually we've touched on it but i i think um the so we had Accessibility, we had relatability, which you guys touch upon, which like it's easier to relate to an esports star than it is LeBron. These social days. interaction, social interaction, yeah. so sociability, and I also think achievability is a thing in people's mind. I really think that's a psychological factor that it's much easier for your average, even myself. Like occasionally, I'm like, "Hey, Grayson, you gotta go take a shower," and he's like, "All right." So I pick up his Fortnite, you know, I'm like playing with him. <laughs> of course, I'm just getting trashed by his friends and stuff like that, but. I can see how someone who plays this and is into it, they're like, I could be a star. Like when you go onto a basketball court and you whiff a ball, it is confidence crushing. Like the psychological barriers that you create for yourself in physical sports are massive. Like I'll never be fast enough. I'll never jump. I'll never do this. That's what I was talking about. Like the it's it's the it's the illusion of ability, right? So I mean, you, you started talking about like, oh, it's the latency or it's the cable. The guy has a faster internet connection. It's like. No, dude, you're not 6'10. You don't run 4'240. You will never dunk over me. Ever. Ever. And it's just so, like, that's why I do love sports because it's very binary, right? So, a lot of, a lot of people talk about, um, like, fighting comedy and sports. It's like either you're good or you're not, and you don't ever have to wonder. 
right? Like it, you get instant validation. And with video games, it's always like, oh, if I just practiced a little bit more, I snort, snorted a little bit more Adderall, or I ate more Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> if I just if I just started when I was three, yeah, I, I which is know. maybe something we'll so see in esports. We, we had so, sort of. It's a Good. so it's a massive opportunity for brands, right? So there's huge sponsorship, but there's also brands like Doritos and Taco Bell. People who are like capitalizing on this gamer culture, right? Mm-hmm. So that's massive. But if we think the fast forward, like what is it that people are not thinking about today, and how is gaming and esports? Like, are we going to look back on this in ten years, and and it just be a core part of culture? So did you guys ever see that? It, it's on YouTube, um, and it's that clip of the the first integration of virtual reality with Call of Duty. And it is amazing. You can go look it up. Actually, I think the only one that's left has like Cyrillic on it or something like that. But they have this trackpad. Cyrillic. It's Russian. Uh, so they have this trackpad and this guy, you can actually go oh, and control. Yeah, yeah. You can run in Call of Duty. You can shoot with it and you have your virtual headset. So you're actually in Call of Duty and it has a physical element in it, right? And you can dodge and all that other stuff. So I do think that there's a couple of stages that we'll, we'll see happen. One will be the maturation of esports. I mean, the, the single greatest validation, in my opinion, is the fact that ESPN has an esports section. When I saw that, I was like... You have to. How am I going to argue? Like big. this is this yep. is a real thing. They also broadcast poker, but whatever. And that's true. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but the second they that, made I, that I, a sport again, though. They tried. I mean, they did. Yeah. I think the next thing that yet yeah, is right, and like they're like, hey man, my, my whole skill is in my ability not to look funny. Like <laughs> like I can control my facial muscles. It's very very strenuous. But I do think that there is uh, going to be the 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 first line integration of physical into virtual, which will be the next big thing, and you can see it in there. But the thing that led my mind to was, can we design physical? sensation and consequence into yep. the esports component. So if you have a haptic suit on and you're in Call of Duty, does it shock you every time you get hit? So you're actually more physically incentivized to feel the sensation of battle. I think I think you're closer on the third than the second because I think what the second one does, and just if I remember your order of operations correctly, it was a physical digital integration, right? Once they cross that bridge to a certain point, athletes, traditional athletes will start to stand out again and it will cease to be fun to the masses the way that it is. Once you extend past the elbow to motor control muscle mm-hmm. reaction. That's it. The elbow, that's your that's your that's as far as that's your point of no return. I think then then it's like real athletics, right? Yeah. That's, when, that's, that's when all those Doritos Locos so, tacos catch yeah. up with you. You're like, but oh I, man. But I do agree with you about that the the haptic interaction, things like that. And what I was thinking, and if I know you well enough, you have something formulated in your head about what people are missing. So I want to hear that. But what I think they're missing is or not missing, but they're starting to think about and where we'll go. Is a, is a true second life, right? So we talk a lot about virtual workspaces. We talk a lot about virtual commuting, virtual entertainment. I mean, you know, James, I put on your uh, Christmas gift. The and, Oculus Go? And, it's sitting right over there. And, it's, and I was still watching a 2D Netflix, right? At some you point. You were doing it in a chateau, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> the funny sure. thing about the Netflix Oculus app is yeah. you're sitting in, in, a, in like a, a, ski um, a ski chalet. A ski chalet, yes. But my butler still didn't bring me a drink. Exactly, so which it's on its way. So, it's still early. so I think if you look at that, that's where it's going to go, right? So people went to Twitch, or I'm sorry, to uh, Fortnite, not to play the game. They were running around, and at a certain time, like everyone's weapons evaporated, and they had to go listen to it. I think you just see that as an extension, right? So the, the entryway is a video game, but really what they're selling is a platform and a place to congregate and communicate. And then you start to get content releases, right? So imagine if Netflix started to, or somebody, uh, were to create 360 um, 
content that you could consume or, mm. you know, I, I come from the music industry. Essentially what that was is it's a listening party, right? So listening parties is where uh, you go and the artist is there and they play their album. They don't play music. They just play their album. They mm-hmm. just press play on a <laughs> Blu-ray disc. Um, but then what happened is there are social listening parties where through Twitter you would organize in a park and everyone yeah. would have on their headphones. And it's just the iteration of that. So anytime you can combine um, entertainment a gathering place with high social connectivity, it, it's a great thing. And I think that's where all these places are going. And then what will happen is much like the app store sprung up around the iPhone, these places to congregate 10 years from now will have an app store that surrounds it. If that yeah. makes sense. That's the thing. That is the thing that I think is very different. The fact that so many people can be involved in one event at a very low price to entry. And so uh, you know, every sporting event, you can't get tickets to the Masters today. Can't you can't get tickets. And that's another great you know, part of the accessibility. Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants to actually physically go to the stadium. That's like for the one percenters. Yeah. Everybody else can watch it on Twitch Prime. Exactly. And that and that is, in, you know, with virtual reality, you're going to be able to sit courtside. You're going to yep. have, but, but there's still this idea that you have to pay. And I think the difference with something like Fortnite and the Marshmallow concert is that everybody goes and there's no scarcity and it allows somebody else to pay. Like a brand can be a part of that and a brand can sponsor it. And I wonder if it sort of flips a model where it's less about only certain people can go and more of the fact that everybody can be involved. And because the fact that an event can just spring up like that and there's no setup, there's no concert venue, there's no logistics. Service. That you know what it we becomes, haven't talked It becomes about. a different model. We haven't talked about e-tailgating. Which I think is probably going to be where I make my trillions. That's so I, that's, I've actually you have clearly that I, I, I've, dot biz. I just bought that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot. Are you? <laughs> no, I, I I think if anybody ever decodes the case study like of how James Landon became a trillionaire, it was how he managed to merge the cannabis industry with esports at just the right moment yeah. through tailgating. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that's going to be how I do it. But um, no, I, I think that the, the the questions have to, to to also be answered, which is like we can see the similarities, but what are the differences going to be? And I think that's what you're talking about which is like what net new things are on the horizon um that the phenomenon of esports or virtualized esports are going to be and i really do think that the first thing we're going to see is this is going to be the thing that tips over the death of the broadcast model i really do see that really yeah i really do i think the last thing that they have that ABC, Disney, and all those, they, they have a whole chokehold on sports, yeah. the NCAA, all of these things. Right? The whole if, Disney Fox deal, yeah, it was all that's exactly about sports. Right. It's all about ESPN. And, and if you if you can dislodge that over the next 20 years, that's really interesting. and you, you, you've, you've essentially destroyed yeah. the broadcast model. If you look model. at every um, over-the-top or um, subscription model, you know, direct-to-consumer deal, you know, every video service, the, the cable companies will come back and say, yeah, AT and T. It's all about sports. Yep. Right. It's all about sports, and that's what people are willing to pay for. Yeah. Actually, what is AT and T's current terrible uh, little tagline? Is your thing is our that your we, thing, we, our thing, <laughs> like whatever. Your it is. thing is our thing. Yeah. It's like, You son of a. They, they finally bitch. just like just just whatever. It's like right? whatever like, you're into, on, man. I actually I worked on AT and T for years. No, no. It's the it's the it's the More, end of their TV spots where they're doing. Um, it's I think it's for their cell services. So they go through and it's like a montage of how people use their cell phones, and at the end it goes, "Your thing is our thing, AT and T." Yeah, it used to be uh, rethink possible, but I, I worked on AT and T for years, and they used to spend an inordinate amount of time and 
tens of thousands of dollars on just like single idea testing and then millions and millions of dollars on brand positioning and this rethink possible and your world delivered. And now it's like, oh, what the fuck? Now is a good time to say that Cocktails and Questions is not financial (laughs) advisor in any form or fashion. We are not recommending you do or do not take certain actions against publicly traded companies. Um, But if you want to buy etailgating.ai... For sixty eight dollars and eighty eight bucks, that's a steal. I, be, I, I mean, you, if you're gonna make a trillion dollars, that feels like a pretty good bargain. Just with that URL, you could probably raise a trillion dollars. Yeah. You, you slap a dot a on in. I got to make it. All right, so uh, we're wrapping up. We're getting out of here. Um, this one was a lot of fun. Yeah. So thank y'all. Went sideways quick. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not always the best. <laughs> it ones, didn't go man. blue. Um, before we get out of here, again for the new listeners, we we try to wrap up with. Uh, the coolest thing you've seen all week or the best thing. We try to bring some positivity in the world. Sometimes it's negative just because that's the way that it, that it rolls. So before we get out of here, you guys have a coolest, best, worst thing of the week? I got oh. one. What was it? Uh, did you see that there was a first picture of a black hole? I did see that. Anywhere? And I also saw the Everything. story about the woman who rolled the algorithm behind it. Yeah. That was fucking so, amazing. Uh, Katie Woman? And I didn't realize it. Actually, not a picture of the black hole. Correct. Can't take a picture of the black Correct. hole because all the light gets sucked into it. So yep. it's a picture of all the stuff around the black Getting hole. Getting sucked into the That <laughs> sort of uh, creates like a, essentially like the opposite of, it's like an imprint of the black hole. That was pretty awesome. But they had to get, um, the only way they could do this is they had to get um, telescopes from all across the world. They had to network them all together. Oh, easy because it's take, flat. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. the world is yeah. flat. So they drove yeah. all, or just across the world, and <laughs> <laughs> there was just one bridge. But but they, uh, I saw it on Facebook. On the ice wall. Yeah. That's great. So, um, so they, anyway, they, they did this whole thing where they networked all these um, telescopes, but the thing was there was so much data that they had to gather from all of these that they couldn't actually send it over the web. So they had to, I think it's something like, a ton or a half a ton of hard drives. They had to get them all, put them on a plane, and fly them to one place to stitch this thing together to create one vision and an image of this black you mean, hole. You mean the cloud couldn't handle it? Could not handle it's it. It's weird, man. Too it's much. Like, it's like the cloud's fake or something. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Jane? Uh, and this is going to come off, especially to our core tech enthusiast audience, maybe a little cold and, and, and maybe not a great thing to be excited about. But Julian Assange got arrested. Oh, and, nice. and and I and I don't say that I'm happy that he got arrested no for the I reasons. That one. Yeah, yeah they, they finally Ecuadorian uh, embassy booted him out. Um, they're like, you know what, we're done. Somebody yeah. okay. And but I don't know if you guys remember a couple of months ago, they're like, we're warning you if you don't start picking up that cat shit, like we're gonna give you the boot. Is that what really that's, I, I, that they haven't the they game. haven't disclosed it, yeah. but I, I gotta be honest, I have a feel and the reason I got so excited about it because he reminded me so much of this roommate I had in college who never paid the rent and never cleaned up. I was like, you motherfucker, like, I know so, you. So the so fact that he got his, I was like so excited. Nothing to do with the freedom of knowledge or transparency. No, like I mean, like, I'm going to be honest with you. He is a criminal. Down, dude, your cat smells like shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're just a crappy roommate yeah. and Ecuadorians have standards, so you got to go. Oh, man, alive. Sorry, I just, that guy's in for a lot of pain in the next. Yeah, I mean, he's right. going to Supermax. He's we, should, yeah. we should probably do. Uh, That's a good podcast, podcast on yeah. that one, man. Um, so old J Dog, as I call him. Oh, did you text him? Yeah, <laughs> finally out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you can get him on the podcast. Talk to him about his experience. I bet um, he'd be open to some supportive. There's actually a really great uh, parody. It's called Breaking Berg, and it, the headline was Ecuadorian Embassy Vows Never to List Room on Airbnb Again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was, that was great. The uh, two coolest things, one is egocentric and one is universal. 
close to Universal. So the egocentric one, I was at the famous Matzel Rancho in Austin, Texas. Ooh, I love that place. Uh, I was chatting and talking, and uh, a gentleman by the name of John Michael and another gentleman by the name of David were like, are you cocktails and questions? No. John Michael Montgomery? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) I wish. John Michael Michael? Man, you just transported me to junior (laughs) high dance. Um, (laughs) Was aging myself a little. No, and uh, they were they were awesome. They listen. They subscribe. They tell all their friends. They had some. They had some great uh, things for us. Uh, complimentary, like too complimentary to be honest with you. Um, but they told us uh, two things. One, uh, we should bring back the bullshit jargon buzzer. Oh, that's a good one. We are victims of our own shit. Oh, no, because they actually started and... in episode two. Oh, and they're like catching back up. These guys. Play yeah. a lot of esports, so they just don't have anything to do. <laughs> Actually, it was the future of restaurants that got them. Be, ki- be kind to our listeners, Ben. And uh, and the second one is uh, we say right a lot. Right, right, right. We do that. We yeah, do that. Right, right, right. Yep. right. right. That's, right. Uh, That's right. So that was cool. Uh, just right. to recognize and, and to know that people are actually listening. So rate, review, subscribe. Uh, be kind to yourselves and one another. But before we get out of here, the coolest thing is that it is rumored that the creators of Game of Thrones have hidden how the series ends. In a Spotify playlist. Oh, that's smart. Is, is somewhere in the playlist is a hints, clues, and answers to how this season, the final season, will wrap up. And I thought that was, uh, I was like, it's, it's one of four things. Complete bullshit. Super obvious, right? So it's going to be like the third letter of every first line of song. It'll be something that is absolutely obscure uh, uh, of like, you're supposed to make some approximation of the language or you're just going to have to like, Spend all your days, nights eating Doritos, trying to decipher the code that's somewhere hidden in like, do season it. two. So we're gonna go do that. Going yeah, uh, and you guys, rate we'll see you in a year, and uh, we'll see you on the back end of next week. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs>